Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Well, do you have your Bible out there? Let's hold them to heaven and say thank you, Father, for your holy written word. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. Holy Spirit, anoint my ears to hear, my heart to receive, and my mind to be open to the knowledge of the truth that makes me free. Quicken me according to the word. Change me from glory to glory. And I boldly say, I will never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Our title is very appropriate this morning, Jesus, our healer. Jesus, our healer, Matthew's gospel, chapter 4, verse 23. Look at what it says. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those that were possessed with devils, and those that were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. This is the beginning, the introduction to the ministry of Jesus, as he began to minister to people, preaching, teaching, and healing. That's the threefold ministry of Jesus, preaching, teaching, and healing. He preached and taught like no man they had ever heard before, number one. And he healed more people in one week than in 4,000 years of Jewish history. Can you imagine that? And remember, Jesus said, I have come to do the will of my Father. Jesus was the will of God in motion. The perfect example of the will of God. And so if you look to, as you look to Jesus and his life, then you recognize and you realize everything he did is in perfect harmony with the will of God. And everywhere he went, as you can see, crowds came, multitudes came, and he healed every single one of them. Now look in John's gospel, chapter 21, and notice verse 25 from the Amplified Version. And there were also many other things which Jesus did. This is John writing his gospel. They say anywhere from A.D. 90 to A.D. 110. So this is like almost 100 years later. He's writing the gospel to do what? To talk about the deity of Jesus. Okay. Here's what he says. There are also many other things which Jesus did. If they should all be, be all recorded one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not have room for the books that would be written. That tells me two powerful things. Number one, there were many, 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 many more multitudes of miracles, signs, and wonders, and demonstrations of the mighty working power of Almighty God that Jesus did when he walked upon a planet that you and I have no knowledge of. And if it was written in detail, the world couldn't contain the books. That's number one. Number two, the ones that were written 
were hands selected by the Holy Ghost for the purpose of what? Influencing our faith. Can you see that? In other words, these are precious testimonies of these individuals who received from Jesus. And since we're talking about Jesus, our healer this morning, let's not look at these nonchalantly. Let's look at these with new vigor and new excitement. Amen? Look at these examples so that we can glean some light from them. Let me just share with you a few things. In the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8 and verse 1, I love this chapter. You've got to love this chapter. It's a beautiful chapter of the healing ministry of Jesus. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes. If you just said a multitude, that would be a lot of people. But now great multitudes followed him. So there was a crowd everywhere he went. There were people coming, as we just read there, from all the regions round about to hear him and also to be healed of their diseases. Now, as we start with verse 2, let's read verses 2 through 4. We're going to begin to share with you the things we can learn about the healing ministry of Jesus and about the will of God. We start here, and behold, there came a leper. Now, he just got done preaching the greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. He comes down from the mountain. Great multitudes follow him, and a leper comes to him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, go thy way, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony unto them. So what we see, number one, in this life of Jesus, a revelation of what? It is the will of God that we be whole, or that we be healed. It is the will of God. Healing is the will of God. This is the only time someone asks him the question, if you will, thou canst make me clean. If you will. And if you think about it, it's more of an insult for him to say, if it's your will, than it is to say, if you can. He believed in the ability of Jesus, but he didn't know about the willingness of Jesus. So you say, let's say it this way. If I can't help you and I don't, it's not my will, shame on me. He's saying, I know you can, but I don't know if you will. But if you know I can, I have the ability to do it and I won't, shame on me. We have a revelation right here that it was the will of God for him and all people to be healed. That's the will of God. As we pick it up there in verse 5, we see here another situation. This is the Roman centurion who comes for his servant. And when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lie at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I said to this man, go, and he goes. To another man, come, and he comes. To another man, do this, and he does it. And do this, and he does it. So when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I've not found so great faith, not in all of Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There's going to be weeping and, white and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to them, to the centurion, go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And a servant was healed in the selfsame hour. In that section of scripture, what do we discover? Authority, understanding authority is important to our faith. It contributes to our faith. So number one, it is the will of God I be healed. Number two, understanding authority is important. 
Jesus, all he has to do is speak the word and a person is healed. Well, he spoke the word. With his stripes, we were healed. But also, aside from that, we, we need to get alone with him in the spirit and he might have another word for us. He might say, do this, do this. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He might say, go dip in the, in the river Jordan seven times, whatever. But we know we have the written word of God and we can also have the spirit of God speak to us as to what we need to do to receive our healing. But number one, we know healing is God's will from that. Number two, we know also authority, understanding that he has authority over all sickness and disease is important and that he has also given us authority. But then number three, verses 14 and 15. In Matthew's gospel chapter 8. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. And so the third thing we learn from this. Is mother-in-laws can be healed. Very important scripture here. Mother-in-laws can be healed. Now you have to first of all picture this. You've got, Jesus, you've got Jesus and Peter and all the disciples. Remember, he preached the Sermon on the Mount, came down. There's a leper. He heals him. The centurion comes, and he says, I'm going to come. And he says, no, 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 no. I, 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 you don't have to come under my roof. Okay, so they had a busy day. Now, they finally get to Peter's house where his mother-in-law is somewhere in a corner lying on a bed or a couch or somewhere off to the side, you know, because she's sickly. And the moment he walks in and his wife says, honey, my, my mother's sick. He looks over to Jesus and Jesus starts walking to where she's at. And he's over to the corner saying, this is the quietest she's been in a month. Please, Jesus, just give me a day. Just give me one more. Just give me an hour. <laughs> but no, he walks right over to her, takes her by the hand, lifts her up. And she goes and she ministers. She makes him some spaghetti. Amen. So mother-in-laws can be healed. And someone else said, if people that say it's not God's will for everybody to be healed. If, if he'll heal a mother-in-law, he'll heal anyone. I didn't say that. Someone else said that. So I've got a great mother-in-law here, see. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, verses 16 and 17. Let's move on from there. <laughs> So when the evening, now imagine, now it's evening. It's the same day. It's evening. He just got done preaching this wonderful message. He just got done ministering to the, to the fellow that was a leper. He went on and, and spoke the word over the life of the centurion's uh, son. And now, Peter's mother-in-law is healed. And now, look at this. When the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirit with his word. He healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and by our sicknesses. So now we have what? A revelation of the fact that healing is a redemptive right that we all have. Jesus himself on the, on the tree, he took our sickness and carried our pains. By stripes we were healed. So the fourth thing we see is what? Healing is our redemptive right. We have a right to be healed. So we learn from these particular incident that's why they're revealed to us in scripture remember many more things can be said look at all the we just talked about all those many were possessed with devils can you imagine if every single one of those situations where a person was possessed with the devil was written in detail can you imagine it just says many many multitudes many multitudes but we have a few singled out now this other woman I love this woman and I love this woman and what we learned from her about her faith in Mark's gospel it says chapter 5 and uh, verse 25 this is a certain woman. Her first name is certain woman. Her last name is issue of blood. 
certain woman issue of blood. That's all we know about her. Don't know her name. But she has an issue of blood for how long? 12 years. And suffered many things of many physicians. Spent all that she had. And was nothing bettered. But rather grew worse. Notice this, what we can learn from this. We can learn from this situation in this woman's life. That our faith can deliver us from physical. Financial. Social. And emotional situations. Challenges. Physical. First. Physically. This woman. And here's the idea or the thought. She could have had this problem from when she reached her, her menstrual cycle period of her life. That time in her life. Something that happened. That it never stopped. And she was constantly having this issue of blood. Constantly. That's one scenario. Or if it happened a little bit later in life. It was the same situation. She never stopped bleeding. And for 12 years this woman is depleted of energy. She's deteriorating. Her, her condition is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Now this woman suffered many things of many physicians. And she was nothing better but rather grew worse. And, and before I even say this let me just throw this out to you. I shared this with our class on Friday. Our healing class. Read an article just the other day. About a woman. I think she was like in her 20's. And she was suing her parents. Because of her condition. She was born with a congenital heart defect. That could have very easily been repaired. When she was a child. When she was a baby. But they refused to give her any treatment. Because they didn't believe in medicine. It was a, a particular church. And they. A Christian church. Actually it was. They said Pentecostal Christian church. And they didn't believe in medicine. They didn't believe in doctors. They didn't believe in using anything but prayer and faith. That was it. And so they denied her. The help that she needed. As a result. At her age. She's on these high. or this, These medications. That they say. As they begin to stop working. She'll either need a lung transplant. Or a heart transplant. And she is so sickly. She's fighting for her life every day. And as this, she's now 20, she's suing her parents for not helping her when they could have helped her. So I want you to understand that when we talk about faith and healing and etc., etc., we're not talking foolishness. We're not talking presumption. We're not saying don't see a doctor. We're not saying don't get the help you need. We're not saying anything like that. We believe you need to be helped and you need to be whole. And we believe that whether it's through medical science nutrition whatever it is but ultimately always exalt the power of God he is the ultimate healer because there are many things that man can't do and God can do everything can you say amen so keep this in mind as we read these she suffered many things of many physicians but she rather she didn't get better she grew worse now how about these I did this a couple years ago I think it bears repetition she suffered from these treatments Rabbi Jokinen in his writing said this is what they would do with women with the issue of blood. Take gum of Alexandria and alum and crocus hortensis. The weight of a zuzi each. Let them be bruised together and given in wine to the woman. I want you to hear all these remedies with wine. And if this fail take a Persian onions nine logs Boil them in wine 
and give it to her to drink and say arise from thy flux but if this fails set her in a place where two ways meet and let her hold a cup of wine in her hand and let somebody come from behind and affright her and say arise from thy flux now wait a minute I, when I read that one I, I just had this vision okay now I don't know if she was blindfolded I don't know if she just was ushered to a place where two ways meet and some lewd fella of the base resort was hiding in the bush somewhere and she was facing that way and now she's looking over the two ways meet and they're probably saying to her you've got to make a decision as to which way you want to go while she's busy with her wine in her hand and she's looking at the two different ways this fella jumps out of the bush and says arise from your flux and she's affrighted she startled probably shook a little bit of that wine out of the cup and if this doesn't work okay let's read on and if this doesn't work how about this if this fails dig seven trenches and burn in them some cutting of vines not yet circumcised and let her take in her hand a cup of wine and let her be led from this trench and set down over that and let her be removed from that and set down over another and in each removal say unto her arise from thy flux now we've had three glasses of wine already <laughs> the potential is for ten four five six seven by the tenth one she doesn't know whether she's sick or healed <laughs> she not even know her name I'm sure she was feeling somewhat better. Well, really, wine and oil, that were the two things used for medicinal purposes, but come on. But notice the statement, arise from your flux, arise from your flux. Now, uh, it was neglected to say here, though, the ones that were selling her the wine, they had their own, they were making their own wine, and they were selling it to her. Because you see, the next thing is, it created financial problems for her. Can you imagine how much these treatments cost? Especially if they're selling the wine to her or whatever. But she was submitted and subjected to this kind of treatment over the situation for 12 years. It shows me her desire is to get well. Her desire is to be healed. Her desire is to be whole. Can I ask you a question? When you get sick, do you desire to be well? Is it wonderful to sing, I'm so glad I'm healed? It's so good to be healed right oh it's so good to sing it when you're healthy but man when you're not healthy and you're going through a lot of pain Dante and and you're going through all this trouble isn't it good on the other side when you say oh thank God thank God it's so good to be healed something in us tells us God designed the body to be healthy to be whole to be healed and God doesn't want us sickly. He wants us strong. He wants us healthy. He wants us healed. He wants us whole. We're built that way. The body's created that way by design. That's why you've got this red and white blood cells. And when you cut yourself, immediately they go to work. Come on, boys, let's go fix that thing. Because God made us that way. Amen? But it cost her her life savings. It shows me her desire was to be well. And she would spend all that she had. It was more important than her wealth. And then thirdly, socially. Look at socially in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25. Socially, 
And if a woman have an issue of her, of her blood, many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Every bed whereon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be unclean. Unto her as the bed of separation. And whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean. As the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever toucheth those things which be unclean. Shall, and shall wash his clothes. And bathe himself in water. And be unclean until the even. This woman had this condition where she was unclean. And because she was unclean. No one could touch her. No one could be near her. If this happened as I said when she was a young child then she couldn't get married. If it happened when she was already married, then she had to divorce her husband. As a result of this unclean condition, she had no right to go to the woman's court in the temple where she could be with the other women in the temple. She was an outcast. She was living in separation. She was in a condition where socially, she was under a curse. And no one had anything to do with her. You couldn't. So can you imagine the effect that this had upon her? She can't touch anyone. No one can touch her. It was a sad scenario for this woman. Now the woman tried everything she possibly could in the natural to get healed. But she couldn't. So imagine her emotional condition. Now emotionally, number four. Imagine her emotional condition. How would you think? How would you feel? How would you be at that time? Put yourself in her position. You can't even hug someone. You can't talk to someone in close range. You're taboo to anyone around you. You can't hug your kids if you had kids or grandkids or whatever. You have to divorce your husband. What a terrible situation this woman is in. She is separated. She is frustrated. She's heartsick. She's lost probably her identity. She doesn't understand her purpose for living. Am I alive just to sit here somewhere where I can't be around anyone, anything? Emotionally, this woman was drained and distraught. But oh, thank God. Thank God. Even though her dreams are crushed. Look at Mark chapter 5, verse 27. Even though her dreams at that moment are crushed. She's tried everything. She spent all that she's had. She's not better. She's growing worse. The condition is worsening. But when she heard of Jesus... Oh, you want to shout it from the mountaintop when she heard of Jesus. There was a time in my life where I knew about Jesus, but I never really heard. I, have you been there? I never really heard. I knew about him, but it never sunk into my ears and never went down into my heart. But one day someone got a hold of me and said, you've got to be born again. You've got to accept Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you right now, on that day when my eyes are open and my ears were open, and I realized the need of my Savior, I embraced him as my Lord. She heard of Jesus. What did she hear? He's going around teaching. He's going around preaching. You say, how did she hear it? Someone had a bullhorn somewhere, and they were just screaming at her from a distance. Hey, I know you've tried this. I know you've tried all the remedies but I'm telling you anyone that touches the hem of his garment is automatically instantly healed if you could just touch the hem of his garment so when she heard of Jesus she came in the press behind and she touched his garment oh praise God there is help praise God all these other methods might have failed but look at verse 28 but not Jesus 
She was moved into action when she heard of Jesus. This shows me bulldog tenacity. This shows me passion. This shows me a desire to win. She decided to win. She was determined to win. Oh, praise God. She had the design because why? The pattern was there. She saw people, other, she heard of other people touching his garment and she aimed for that garment. I'm telling you, you talk about discipline. She was so disciplined because she was in route to touch his garment and she was sidetracked by so many thoughts coming against her mind but as far as she was concerned she dismissed, dismissed every single one of them she said no uh, she kept saying the amplifier says she kept saying if I touch his garment I will be healed if I touch his garment I will be whole if I, and the devil coming along just saying remember your tradition no if I touch his garment I'll be healed you can't you're unclean you can't even go there and you gotta say I'm unclean no it doesn't matter they could kill me if they want I will touch his garment and I will be healed healed she kept saying it over and over and over and over again oh it's called fighting the good fight of faith she took responsibility for her own healing and even though she was at rock bottom she was not a quitter she was challenged yes but she wasn't a quitter look at verse 29 through 33 let's read these and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, pressing against you, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He looked around about to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, now wait a minute, before I even go there, you can throng Jesus, you can press against Jesus, but not really touch him in faith. Oh, they were thronging him, they were pressing against him, but there's a difference when you touch him in faith. She got his attention in a heartbeat. He actually said, someone made a demand upon my ability. He knew virtue had gone out of him. And he looked around to say, who did this? The woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and did what? Told him all the truth. Now, this woman's faith connected with the power of God and she was healed by that connection. But I want you to know that um, during this particular healing, Jairus was already with Jesus, and they were en route to save his dying daughter. Her life was quickly passing away, and all of a sudden, while they were making this way to his house, this woman interrupts, to, let's say, the, the whole thing. And she comes in behind and touches the hem of his garment and is healed. He stops the whole procession. She stops it all. Now she tells him the whole truth. Do you know how long it takes a woman to tell a detailed truth? I'm on, I know I'm on thin ice. I know that. I'm going to redeem myself in a minute. So she said to Jesus, Jesus, I've had this all my life, or for, for at least 12 years. And Jesus, 
I tried gum of Alexandria with a cup of wine in my hand. And when I was drinking it, someone says, arise from your flux. But it didn't work. So then I went to the Persian onions. Nine logs. And I had the, the, the wine and mixed it all together, Jesus. And I drank that stuff down and oh, it was awful. But someone said, arise in your flux. And nothing ever happened. Then all of a sudden, I was taken to a place where two ways meet. I was standing there. I was looking with a cup of wine in my hand, Jesus. And somebody from behind screamed out a rise, scared the bejeebies out of me, Jesus. I mean, just scared me beyond belief. And I was, and then I finished the rest of the cup and didn't nothing happen, Jesus. And then Jesus, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Jesus. I went from the first trench. The trench that was burning uncircumcised vines. With my cup of wine. Jairus' daughter is dying. <laughs> then Jesus, I went to the second trench. And there I was, faithfully drinking that cup of wine. Why am I delaying this? Because I'm giving it in detail. <laughs> and they went to the third trench. And then they went to the fourth trench. And the fifth trench. And the sixth trench. And the seventh trench, which I know is the perfect number of God. Seven is... And nothing happened. So I'm back to my little cottage by myself. Hung my head down low. And I thought, well, I guess this is it. But then Jesus, somebody, I heard shouting out the window. I could hear it from a distance. He's healing everyone that touches his garment. I heard that. It sparked something in me. I rose up from my place. I pulled myself together. I said, I'm not going to live like this any longer. I am going to find him. I am going to touch him. I said, I'm going to touch your garment. And when all the doubt and all the unbelief, all the traditions and all the religious, this that I was raised up in, I set it all aside, Jesus. And when I got close to you, I saw the crowd and the multitudes. And I knew I was supposed to cry out unclean, unclean, unclean. But I said, forget it. I'm going to crawl between their legs I'm going to mess them up a little bit I'm going to get to your garment I'm going to touch it and I did Jesus and when I did I was healed instantly healed she told him the whole truth and when she got done verse 34 this is what Jesus said to her and he said to her daughter thy faith hath made thee whole go in peace and behold thy plague what made her whole what made her whole Whose faith? What made her whole? Her faith made her whole. He didn't say my power. Did he? He didn't say I did. Did he? He said your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. How'd you like to be Jesus in this scenario now? And so she, I mean, she is on a cloud. Can you imagine her running back if she was married to go grab her husband? Well, maybe he's already remarried by now. I don't know. You know how that thing goes. We won't go down that path. But anyhow, imagine this. The moment she's gone, these other people come from Jairus' house and say, 
don't trouble him any longer. She's dead. Jay Iris, can you imagine what's going through his brain at that moment? Did she have to give all the details? Right? What's going through his brain? And immediately Jesus says, fear not. Only believe. In the face of the worst scenario you can even think of, Fear not, only believe. And you know the rest of the story. Yeah, she was dead, but he raised her from the dead. Don't even entertain the fear. Don't allow it to enter in. She, he could have been bitter towards this woman. He could have had an attitude towards this woman. You see what I mean? He could have been upset with Jesus for stopping the procession. Look, she's had this for 12 years. She can wait another day. Isn't that what logic says? Reasoning says? Well, in verse 31, and we'll close it here. Look at that verse again. His disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging you, that means pressing up against you. And you're asking us who touched you? You can touch him with religious tradition. You can touch him with curiosity. You can touch him with observation. You can just touch him let's say by someone else's life. Maybe your mother was a Christian. Your grandmother was a Christian. And so you you touch him in that way, but that's the only touch. Beloved, it's only the touch of faith that draws from the power of God to set captive people free. So no matter what the condition, if it's physical, if it's financial, if it's social, if it's emotional, we can sit back or we can do what this woman did. See, some people say, well, if he wants me healed, then he'll come by my way. No, he won't. He went by way of the cross. The deed is done. We got to get up, throw off our traditions, set our face like flint, and go touch our Savior with our faith. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound, and through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world, through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you, and God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, 
Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.